Welcome to this week's Fins Up podcast. I'm your host, Southo Dan, and to, mate, it's been a big day in rugby league. It's supposed to be the off-season. I'm joined by a very hairy and very smiley Terry, who is looking every bit the million dollars I pay him to come on the show. Mate, how have you been? Mate, I've, uh, you know, I've been trying to relax this off-season, and uh, rugby league just keeps on giving me rugby league. They're not making it easy for us, are they? But I love it. Just when, I, just when I think I'm away for the off-season, rugby league just reaches out and grabs you. You know, it turns around and goes, well, there's no team list Tuesday, so fuck it, let's just have Chaos Tuesday. Chaos Tuesday, I love it. There's so much happened today, mate. I tell you what, this can be a big, big night for us, and I think, um, fair to say that the future of rugby league will change tonight? Yeah, I, I think so as well. And look, we have to say now, we, obviously we've been G'ing up, we've got this big announcement but Dan, something that has taken uh, that started as a piss take for you and I is going to go into something incredible that we'll talk about at the end of the show. I don't even have all the details on this, so half of this is going to be a fucking surprise to me as well. Mate, literally signed on the dotted line this morning before I texted you, before, not after. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be big. Like I said, we'll save it towards the end because we're going to get double the normal listens, I reckon, on the back of this, so we might as well enjoy it. Yeah, we're going to get five now. That's it. Um, let's talk about, I mean, the day. Well, we, we can't really start with the day that was. We're going to bring a bit of Sharks news in. And last week on our podcast, we forgot to talk about our coach, uh, John Morris. We, we talked about everything else, but we didn't talk about John. So it's come out, you know, uh, Rugby League Week Mole is, is absolutely hammering the fact that the Sharks board don't seem to... Uh, be in the same direction for, for John Morris anymore. Um, a couple of the players have come out in favour of him, but there's a few moves that are being made that it looks like the writing's on the wall for, for John. If it's not this year, I'd be very surprised if he was our coach in 2022. It's, it's kind of hard to... It's hard to form an opinion on this because you listen week to week on our show and every second week I'm calling for his head and the next week I'm saying he's the future. And I think you're a little more steadfast in support than me. But, um, mate, I honestly don't know what to think here. I would have thought, based on last year's results, he's at least earned 2021. If a big name, a Des, no, not a Des Hazard, a Craig Bellamy was to come up, you grab him. But I'm not sure there's too many out there that make you think, let's sack him now. I'm happy to wait and see, at least for the opening few rounds. But um, what do you reckon? In short, I think that if John is now coach, at least for the beginning of 2021, that he's been hard done by, you can't you can't really judge him because he hasn't had he hasn't had a full house to play with, like a full a full deck of cards to play with. You know, he's been 700k under the salary cap. Uh, he, you know, he's he's had players that have been, you know, Bronson Zeri, um, you know. Uh, Josh Morris got um, uh, wound fright and needed to go back to his brother, who he spent the majority of his life with. Um, you know, we had to release Matt Pryor, who we didn't want to go. Um, 
all these different things have, have come to him, and you know what? We've still made the we've still made the finals. You know, we the two years he's been there, we've still made the finals. Now, yes, we went from seventh to eighth, but you've also then got to have a look at. You know, you might say that we regressed under him in in 2018 with Flanagan. We were top four, but we were top four because of moments of brilliance from Matt Moylan and a special season from Valentine Holmes. In 2019, we had these god awful contracts rear their ugly head, and Matt Moylan couldn't get on the field. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be really disappointed, and I'd really feel for John if he's not going to be our coach for much longer, especially with the development pathways that he's put through as well. But for me, there's some there's some, some subtle signs that the writing's on the wall for him. Look, I don't disagree with that, and I would have thought that if they were going to support him, they would have come out after that and said, he's our coach, everyone back off. This is the way we're going to do things. I I don't blame George, uh, Josh Mor- uh, John Morris. I do blame Josh Morris. Fuck that guy. I don't blame John Morris for anything negative last year. Everything he inherited... I, I also don't think he's the guy who's going to take us to our next premiership. So I also don't think this is a side that's going to take us to the next premiership. It's building towards it. So I don't see really harm in sitting on him next year. If someone comes up, okay, you grab him and then you deal with it then. It's not like we're paying this guy a lot. If you need to bump him back to assistant coach, it's not going to make him happy, but it's not like we're paying him ridiculous amounts to be number two. I just don't see any reason why we should, should push him out unless someone really highly regarded comes along and given the the COVID situation and the fact that we can't get specialists in at the moment we have to as we'll talk about in a minute I, I just don't see an option I just think the club's got to come out and say either look yep Morris is our man next year or move off him straight away we can't afford another off season of what's going to happen it's been our last two or three at least from memory and I, I don't want to go through that again we need to buy Christmas we need to be set on who our coach is next year, not a second after. Yeah, and look, yeah, I, I like what you said there, that we're not allowed to bring specialists in. Look, obviously, uh, John Morris's first preference for an assistant coach, it's come out, was Brian McDermott. Um, obviously, he's not allowed into Australia. You know, skill now, and it quite quite clearly says on uh, the Australian uh, Tourism uh, Board that they're only letting people in with Australian passports and who are New Zealand citizens as well. They're the only people that can come in. Um, to put quite quite frankly, you need to have a specialist skills visa. Now, to let you know how hard it is to get into Australia, I'm trying to get a surgeon in from overseas, and they're saying that he's not quite a skilled worker. So if a surgeon isn't a skilled worker, an assistant coach of the Cronulla Sharks definitely isn't a skilled worker. Um, I'm not sure what happened with Dean Pay. I have been told that we were advised not to even talk to Shane Flanagan. So, God knows, I've heard that he might end up at Parramatta um, as an assistant coach out there. Um, but today we announced the signing of Josh Hannay. And just to let you know how I feel about the signing, the Sharks put it up on Twitter and two and a half hours later it had three likes. It pretty much sums it up. I don't get this at all. Morris needed a more experienced assistant to, to teach him and to guide him on situations. Hannay has been, what, an assistant for half a year and a coach for like eight weeks? I didn't even know we were talking to Josh Hannay. He was about a thousandth on my list of wanted assistant coaches. I just, I don't get it. He hasn't been in the systems long enough. It's not like he's coming from Melbourne or, you know, under Bennett or one of those super successful sort of setups. I just, I just don't get 
the the need for Hane. If we were going to get him, why not wait till early next year and see who's available? Because no one's going to pick Hane up in an assistant role. Look, I don't hate it because it's not as though he's had a negative influence on a club. He hasn't had that long. He hasn't been in the job long enough to do that. I just don't get it. Yeah, look, uh, Josh Hannay's been the assistant coach of the North Queensland Cowboys since 2017. Um, and in that year, his attacking uh, coaching was praised for North Queensland's run to the finals, even though they lost to the Melbourne Storm. Um He's also been the assistant coach at Queensland since 2018. Um, so he resigned from his post as the Queensland assistant coach this year when he was named the head coach of the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, his pedigree isn't too bad in terms of an assistant coach in the fact that he's been there for a grand final. He's also been there for three really shit seasons as well. That's true. It just doesn't make sense. Like, Hane may be an assistant coach who we look back at and go, geez, how would we ever doubt him? But he's not what we need. And I think all the moves Cronulla have made to this date have been what we need. And to plug him in, I just feel like it's a, oh, let's grab him and see how he goes, rather than we really needed a Matthew Elliott or someone with a shitload of, of um, experience on all different levels. Because Morris is still young. If we are going to support him, we really needed to put an experienced coach in. The one thing that I, I, just, I just read that off Josh Hannay's Wikipedia because when you said that you weren't sure how long Hannay had been an assistant coach for, I, I, I remember he, he, I remember he had been in the Cowboys coaching box for a couple of years, but I didn't know how long it was, and I, I didn't quite think he was back to 2017. But the one thing that really irritates me on that is again they're talking about. Josh Hannay's attacking mind. Well, last year we had no problem scoring points. Problem was we leaked like a fucking sieve. That's the thing. We need, you know, I, I will, I will be okay with Josh Hannay if the next signing we make on the coaching staff is Dean Payne. Well, that that evens it out, and he's sort of. I mean, I know Hannay's got plenty of experience as a player, but his career ended not so well, mainly thanks to his efforts at Cronulla slash Guy he must have a serious bond with Guy Mia to want to come back here after the way we treated him. Mate, if he coaches the way he plays, he'll be back coaching Guy Mia too. <laughs> Jeez Louise. That was one of those signings you go, oh, sweet, that's a clever one. And then it turns out as, ah, shit. I mean, the guy literally played State of Origin in 2006 and three months later he was fucking playing for Guy Mia. Look, in terms of names that are being thrown up to replace John Morris... Some of them do actually make me throw up, um, and the others I would be okay with. Now, you know, there's there's been articles saying that we're talking to Craig Fitzgibbon and, and Cameron Serraldo, and that's cool. You know, I I would replace John Morris with Craig Fitzgibbon or Cameron Sor- Cameron Serraldo. Two guys that have come from great coaching pedigrees. They've had great mentors. They're in successful clubs, and they know the ins and outs. They probably know how to cut some corners as well, which we don't know how to do. Um, there's a name that terrifies me, and that's Paul Green, and it won't go away. And I just think if, if we're making the moves to bring Paul Green in as our coach in 2021 or 2022, then, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to say. That, that, would, that would piss me off. I don't have the hatred of Green that most of the Sharks fan base seem to have. Paul Green was my favourite player growing up after ET, and I, I think that clouds a lot of what I see. Now, I know he won a premiership with, like, 
an, an immortal in the waiting halfback and a pretty decent 5'8". And a pretty good fullback and some centers and some good forwards. I, I don't see the hatred. I would rather stick with Morris than go to Green, to be honest, because I think it's a sideways move. If Green had come after the grand final to us, fucking oath. What happened after grand final, though, was a slow regression into absolute mediocrity. I'm not excited about the 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 thought, but I, I, I don't hate it as much as everyone else seems to. It's 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 not the fact that I'm, I'm hating on it so much, but I, I, I can only compare Paul Green and John Morris to the two seasons they've been there. And John Morris has made the finals twice, and Paul Green has been in a spoon battle twice. Um, and for mine, you can't look at those two seasons and go, you know what, what Paul Green was doing up there would be exactly what Cronulla would need down here because we're just going to keep sliding. Mm. And this is a really, really... We keep saying that this is a really important year for us in terms of being able to sign and attract players. And I don't know if John Morris is going to get us, you know, going to get too many star players in front of us. I don't know if Paul Green's going to do it either. Well, Green inherited the side. He didn't build it. Exactly right. Um, Let's move on... Uh, a player that you and I have said would be in a smart and astute signing uh, was announced today. Aiden Tolman has signed for the Cronulla Sharks on a one-year deal, and despite the amount of people laughing and taking the mickey out of us, I love this signing. Genius signing, mate. I, I think Clint Maynard, I know you know his biggest fan, said earlier that um, not every signing needs to be a superstar. It can't be. Look at the cap travel we're having. We can't attract anyone at the moment. I think yeah, Clint said that after he told me say to someone, not every signing can be Greg Inglis. Oh, there you go. Well, he stole it from you. I should have known. Like my post and then he stole it. The genius is there. I I don't hate this at all. I love it. You and I have been talking this up for weeks. A lot of people were messaging me today, obviously not listeners, you know, their loss, I suppose, saying, oh, you guys are jumping on board with a shitty signing. We've been fucking talking it up for six to eight weeks. This yep. had to happen and it did. It fixes so many issues. For no money, the guy's only 32. He can go on next year if he plays well. He can even earn an upgrade. He's, he's come in and he said, I have to earn my spot. So he's not expecting to start, obviously. Everything he said today was perfect. I'm really excited. Again, he's not Greg Inglis. We don't need him to be Greg Inglis. We need him to be Aiden Tolman. Yeah, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess, I didn't listen to his interview um, at all. I'll probably pop it on after this. I uh, had, had a busy day at work. But you and I have been talking this signing up since his 232-metre game against South Sydney, saying he'd be perfect, clear up the rock, take those hit-ups that no one wants to. And he plays big minutes as well. If you get, and and he's, he's very rarely injured. He very rarely makes a mistake. He doesn't give many penalties away. And he makes a high volume of tackles. If he's going to play, you know, 70 minutes for 150 grand and make 40 tackles at 150 metres, it's a bargain. It's an absolute fucking bargain. I don't care what anyone says, it's a bargain. Look, anyone who thought things through are either for this or not against it. The Sharks dickheads on the Facebook page all hate it, which makes me even more confident it's the right idea. Some of the arguments I saw today, I was going to write these down, but it was too disgusting, were he's busted and can't make tackles. Okay, He's tackling percentage better than both our starting props last year, quite easily. He doesn't give away the penalties. They said he's a penalty merchant. He gives away less than what our blokes do. There was, five this year. There you go. Aaron Woods gives that away a half. And the other one I saw was, oh, great, another injured player who comes in. He's missed two games in two seasons or three games in two seasons. Again, except our two starting props, 
everyone misses games. Like, are you fucking serious? The one that I saw today was great. Another player to add to the retirement village. We have four players in our squad that are over 30 years old. It's ridiculous. He, he becomes number five. We have the third youngest team in the league. And there was some fucking moron in my acts today going, this is old. Your team's old. And I was like, well, no, it's not. And then he was like, yeah, but your older players are regressing. And I was like, that's what happens when they're old. But our team is young. He's like, it's a retirement village. And I said to him, I go, kids don't go to retirement villages unless they're visiting. Like, our squad's young. And he, he was like, oh, you're the one bringing age into it. Well, well yeah, because you said it was a retirement <laughs> village, you fucking spat. Oh, I saw that. That was good. That's what we got to like, deal with, though, mate. Like... Yeah, I I mean, he's not even a Sharks fan either. His two followers would have been having a field day right now. Nah, mate, they're, they're just people looking for fights. When you come out and with, with genuine stats that matter, they can't They can't argue. There's no one that can argue the signing's not a good one. If he plays three or four games this year, that's still three or four more than what we would have got out of one. Now, my big thing is we need his experience because everyone's like, oh, you got like, um, Ueli's a starter. He's played, what, like 50 games? Okay, Woods has played heaps. But apart from that, Hunt won't be there for pretty much the majority of the season. Toby's got, what, 24 games or 22 games under his belt? Talakai's still only got yeah, 18 to 20, maybe 22 tops. Um, Franklin Pele's going to be a freak. Never played first grade. Daniel Vasquez, one game. Fafida looks like he might be heading elsewhere. If not, he can't play the full season. He's got heaps of games, but he's a bit time player now. Where does that experience come from? It comes from players that played football, as per experience. It just, it just fucking pissed me off so much. Yeah, did I? What well, the minute he signed, I was getting ready to go onto Facebook, and I was like, breathe, breathe, Terry. Don't go onto Facebook because it's just going to prove you're right, and then you're going to end up in a fight. So we move on uh, today as well. Uh, Braden Trindle was re-added to the Sharks' players' profiles. Very interesting. Now, we we did. Uh, I did drop this in the uh, in the DM. I was tipped off by someone who said, "Check out the uh, the player who's come back on the player profiles." And uh, obviously, you know, someone in our DM group said, "Oh, you know, that's just last year's profiles because they're in the jerseys." But no, uh, Jack Martin, who we signed from Queensland. Um, he's on the player profiles. Jensen Toma, I can't say his surname, but the, the big massive dude whose surname looks like Tonema Payer, but it's not. Uh, he's on there now in the top 30. Uh, Janiah Lua Lua is, uh, is on there. And also, as well, uh, Bryson Goodwin is gone. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it looks like that uh, Trindle is going to stay. I don't know if it's an option or if a deal's been agreed. Um, I did ask our friend Gaz what was happening with Trindle, and he said to me, yeah, it looks like he's going to stay, but he didn't elaborate on you know, whether we picked up an option, whether Trindle picked up an option, or whether a deal's you know, going to be announced in the next whatever, but Gaz hasn't been told anything yet apart from Trindle will be there for 2021. I like it. I don't think it hampers our chances of getting Benji. I think if you can still add a player like Benji to our squad and have a, a decent rotation there of uh, Chad, um, Moylan... Tracy and, and Benji and, and Trindle just floating around. That's good. Obviously, Jack A. Williams is still there as well, but I am very, very stoked that Trindle is staying. Absolutely. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. We were disappointed that he was leaving. We could understand. Um, my hope is that this, maybe they've had a word to Chad, and he's going to go into the beer mixing industry and not take up his player option, and Trindle may have stayed because of that. A lot of wishful thinking, and I have no basis to 
yeah. you know, I've got no info to base that on. That's what I'm hoping. But speaking of Chad, um, going into the, the beer industry, he put that picture up of his big shit-eating grin of a beer with no head on it, and that just described Chad Townsend in one picture. It does. He doesn't help himself at all, does he? You know, we we were going to get a case of Cronulla beer tonight and test it and speak through it. They want 80 bucks a carton for that piss. I'll never drink that as long as I live. Nah, you know, I, I could think of 80 things. I'm not going to give that guy $80 when I hate him. That's, that's exactly I, right. I would, have, I would have maybe paid $30 to review it, but I'm not going to pay 80 That was my plan. I'm uh, thinking 30 to 35 We'll have a couple beers. We'll have a fun night, a good chat. Um, we'll make some jokes about how bland it is, being the Chad beer, of course. Um, but it's just not meant to be, because I'm not paying $80. Fuck you, Chad Townsend. Now, we've talked about some players coming in. Let's talk about some rumours of some players going out. Um, the big one that's going around is Andrew Fafita is in talks with the Leeds Rhinos. Now, I saw that on, I pop up on Twitter, and I just thought I'd troll some some England forums and just see what there was to say. And David Fafida is actually going to get um, British citizenship, which will mean that he won't be um, an import player classed under the quota for Super League teams. And David's actually in talks with the Leeds Rhinos, uh, which gives weight to the fact that uh, Andrew might definitely be looking at their marquee uh, spot. Now, Corbin Sims is also another player who Leeds are talking to, and someone posted on Twitter, I can't, I follow him, I can't remember it, that said, if the Leeds Rhinos run out with a starting pack of Matt Pryor, Dave Fafida, and Andrew Fafida with Corbin Sims and Ava Siamana Fanai on the bench, it'll be the best pack in Super League history. Oh, that's a pretty good pack. I'm not going to lie. David Fafita's not the David Fafita that we let go. He's a cyborg version of that over there. Yeah, look, uh, some, someone put a ridiculous take on Sharks forever saying I would swap Andrew for David. Well, no, David's running against reserve graders on a weekly basis. He was David was fantastic in the New South Wales Cup. He's basically gone to the New South Wales Cup in the UK. He's just getting paid a lot more. And the, the argument was... He was third in the Man of Steel. Well, Adam Cuthbertson missed out on the Man of Steel by one vote. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not NRL standard. And anyone no. look, Andrew Fafita. You know, I I think the feeling is that if he gets an opportunity, I'd like him to take it. But in saying that, if he's there next year, I'm not going to cry too many tears either. David Fafita, he's a fringe reserve grader who, like you said, is playing a pack of reserve graders, belting them up, which is great, and I love watching him. I know his wife's a bit of a you know, but anyways, we won't touch on that. It's a family podcast. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, people are saying, oh, Andrew's not going to get the money, you know, obviously in the UK, but there is a rule for your star import player, which was what Sonny would, what happened with Sonny Bill Williams, that you can pay them whatever you want and it doesn't count in his salary cap. Only 150k of their salary counts towards the salary cap, which is why Sonny Bill Williams is getting $5 million a year from the Toronto Wolfpack and 150 of that was going on the books. So, Andrew could quite easily get a million dollars, live comfortably with his family for a couple of years, go and you know go and see his brother, and then come back in time for his kids' schooling. So, yeah, he's probably only got he's probably only got a year left of NRL, but he could probably go and play two or three seasons of you know get paid in the Super League. That's exactly it. It's not the same level of week to week. There are there are good games like when you play your Wiggins and your Warringtons, but there's a lot of easy games over there that. 
you know, he won't be needed to play big minutes. I think if the opportunity comes up, he has to take it because Cronulla aren't re-signing him after this year and I can't see an NRL team picking him up. I think if he takes it, like you said, he lives a lavish lifestyle for a couple of years, comes back and lives a good life as a very rich man, goes in, he, he'll grab a, um, I can't think of the word, but he'll, he'll represent the, the Aboriginal kids because he's fantastic with them. He's one of the heroes. He's a very likable bloke despite what other fans will tell you from all that media nonsense when he was young. I'll put you up there. You said I can't see Cronulla re-signing him after this year. Andrew Feed's actually got two more years remaining on his contract. With That's Cronulla. it. Sorry, the the end of this contract. I just, I just can't see it. But um, I think he's got to take this. If, if it's a genuine opportunity, he should go. It's going to be hard to convince a guy with a young family to go to England in the current conditions. But thinking is very selfish in Cronulla. If he were to go, it does open up a lot of opportunities for us. And I think it gives a chance for Tolman to step up into his spot and Vasquez or Pele to come up. So I, I think I think for everybody, Andrew, if you're listening, I know you are. Good luck in England. Yeah, um, I, I think I think you've you've hit you've hit it on the head there. If, if he can get the money, the same money or more in the UK, and get that extra year, yeah, he's got two years left on his deal. I don't think he'd be able to see out two years of the NRL. I definitely think he'd be able to punch out three years in the Super League. If he can go up in, if he's going to Leeds, now Leeds are in lockdown and Leeds have got not that many cases of COVID. They're in lockdown. If he can get himself into Leeds, get his family into Leeds, lock it down, be be close to his brother for three years on good coin. I hope he takes it. It opens up a million dollars for us. We can front load contracts. We can, you know, it would put us in the best position for the June 30 deadline. And it would also... Um, say to you know a- any player who was thinking about pulling a Josh Alloway, well they'll know that Cronulla's got the money to pay. Exactly right. Uh, the next one is Scott Sorensen to Hull. I'm not sure if it's FC or KR. I think it's FC. Um, he's not on our player profiles, which means he's gone. Um, I think that's a, a signing uh, imminent for Hull. Absolutely, no-brainer for Scotty. I, I wish him all the best. I, I wish Scott Sorensen all the best. He turned he turned his form around this season. I thought he was, you know, just I, I didn't know why we re-signed him. Um, he turned his form around. I had him in our, in our 17 next year. Um, but I'll never forget what he did for us for those final weeks of the Newtown Jets when he just turned into an absolute monster and captained us to two titles and two of the best days of our life, Dan. That's it. I wrote huge for Newtown here on the notes, so that sums it up. Look, Sorensen, I wish him all the best. I'm surprised he didn't get an NRL gig. He's probably on the cusp. He's a fringe reserve grader. A little bit better than a fringe reserve grader, to be fair. I think he walks into, say, the Bulldogs and the Tigers and stuff, but if he gets an opportunity in England, I hope he goes over there and earns a shitload has a really good career. I'm a I'm a big fan of his. You can't that, see him getting a spot, but go to England, sorry, and live it up. He's 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 been he's been in and around the NRL since 2016, and he hasn't really made good money. He's only young. He's like 27, 28 years old. He's in that spot where he's way too good to play for Newtown every week, but he's not quite good enough to be a next level NRL player. Now, obviously, not everyone's a rep forward, but he's not just going to be that that you know next level of player that you can really really rely on he's always going to be a kind of guy who's going to have a good game an average game a bad game and sort of go on that rotation get your money get yourself over to the uk 
don't get COVID. I wish you all the best, Scotty. Thanks for the memories in 2019. Um, the last one that we have is Billy Magoulis is in deep discussions with the St. Georgia Laura Dragons and the West Tigers. Um, I will lose no sleep over him leaving. Your your best mate turn not not look. Okay, he's a Newtown hero because of two kicks. You take those two kicks away, and I don't think everyone gives a single fuck about the bloke. Um, I don't hate Magulis. I thought he would have played more first grade this year, but I think a lot of that comes to do with attitude. Uh, we've seen it where people have made comments and he's bitten in Twitter and Facebook DMs, whereas players of any note just ignore that shit. Rolls off their back. Look, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm sad that he's going. I thought he was the 13 this year. I'd still pick him over Jack Williams now. But I would also drive him to either get him off the books and bring a fullback in. Absolutely no yeah. doubt in the world. If, if he goes and Fafida goes, it's another. It, there's another 250 grand there. Hopefully, Bronson Zeri, who has also been removed from our website today, uh, is gone and that gives us another 250 grand uh, to, to go and play with. Uh, as you said, the big thing about Billy Magoulis is people remember two kicks that he did for Newtown. They don't remember the other 79 minutes in those games or the other 89 minutes in, in, the, in the grand final. Um, yeah, it's it's very easy to get caught up in those two kicks, but he did nothing. He, he had his opportunities in first grade. He didn't stand out. He had a good game against Melbourne. Um, that's about it. If he goes to the Tigers, I'm not going to lose sleep. If he goes to the Dragons, I'm not going to lose sleep. If he plays for us this year, it's the last year of his contract. He'll see it out in Newtown. Fingers crossed we don't sign him. Agreed. Uh, no, you know, we got we got bigger fish to fry, put it that way. Um, Corey Allen, uh, a player that we are linked with, is making his NRL, uh, sorry, his State of Origin debut for us, uh, for, for Queensland, uh, tomorrow night. Now... Does that bump his price up? Is it good for us? Is it bad for us? It doesn't matter. We need a fullback. We, you know, we can then turn around and say that we signed a rev level fullback. Fuck it. I'm, I'm glad he's playing for Queensland. Well, in terms of his career, it's, it's good for it in whichever club he signs for. Hopefully it's us. I'm all aboard the Corey Allen bandwagon. I know there's some other names being linked, but Corey Allen's still the top of my list. Absolutely. I think he's the best fullback Queensland had now that Brimson's out. Um, I said that last week. I thought they would have picked him over Holmes. I knew they'd go with Holmes because it just made sense. Holmes is going to shift to the wing, and this is a bloke getting paid better part of a million dollars to play fullback. That says something about Corey Allen. So come on over, mate. We'll, uh, we'll have, we have a number one for you for the next 10 years. I think the fact that Valentine Holmes has been there and done that on the wing before, and he's done it on the left wing, which is where he's going to go and play despite him being a brilliant right winger for us. Um, he put in the best right wing performance since Donald Trump in 2016 against the Newcastle Knights. Um, I, uh, I honestly think that the way that Josh Adokar abused Philip Sammy is the reason why Val is going on that wing. Not that, you know, Val's probably not going to be able to match up with Josh Adokar because that bloke's just a freak, but he's going to be able to contain him a little bit better. Sammy had one of the worst origin games I've ever seen. And I... <laughs> I've laughed at New South Wales picking Steve Turner and Anthony Quinn and fucking Nathan Merritt. That was just as bad, if not worse. Um, I think Queensland are a lot stronger having Allen at fullback at Holmes. Uh, but 
Big Dick Eddie Lee making his debut as well. Yeah, boy. Oh, I can't believe that. That's the back three for, uh, well, three of the back five for Queensland are on debut. Like, that's incredible. Both Lees, Bred, uh, Brenko's coming in now. Cable's moving to the second row. And uh, Dynamis Lewis dropped off the bench. So um, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing Edric Lee tomorrow night or, or tonight as you listen to this. But, um, mate, that just makes me more confident in the Blues. No way. Edric Lee's going to get a hat-trick. <laughs> yeah, for, for New South Wales. That guy can do anything. He could turn up and be the best player on the field or this could be a Nathan Merritt-like experiment. No, nah, he's, he's too good for it to be Nathan Merritt. He's been, he's, he's been chomping at the bit to play for Queensland, but he ain't going to go and let him down. He's, he's got that passion. He's got the passion that New South Wales don't get. Yeah, and he's also got the gangly legs that could lose. He can fall over at any time unexpectedly. And it's great viewing. Oh, it's great viewing. I'm really looking the, forward to it. The other thing as well is if Corey Allen does sign with us, three of the uh, back five for Queensland would have played for the Sharks within the last five years. Plus we can throw Catewell in there from Baker Four. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't, like, I'm glad that Denonymous Louis is not in the team anymore, but I honestly thought that Kurt Capel would have just gone to the bench because he adds more from a utility point of view. Jaden Sewell was one of the only shining lights for Queensland last week. Yeah, there's talk that Kafusi might get dropped late. I can't see that happening, but I'd be looking at it because Sewell outplayed him by an absolute mile last week. Yeah. Yeah, Sewell was the only one who got really pissed off, apart from Tino. Basu was the only one who was, like, really fucking fired up, whereas some of the Queensland forwards just took their foot off the gas. Sewer just kept going. I'll tell you what, that that foot awaker made me look like an idiot because I called for him to start in Origin 2, and he was, like, I think he made, like, three hit-ups, like, 10 metres, and missed a shitload of tackle and gave away a really stupid penalty. He had a fucking shocker. Yeah, I I, I was so happy for Mo to make uh, make his debut... Um, and then I was like, can Christian Welch just hurry up and get back? See, I still think Fodderwake has got a huge uh, future ahead of him. But, um, geez, they miss Christian Welch so much. And I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, it, it just just that ruck presence. Mm. Just that ruck. All it is. Um, yeah, Fodderwake had a, a game for him to remember. But you've got to remember that he's also, you know, he's young. He's been at the Titans. He hasn't played big game football. He, he literally just walked into an arena full of New South Wales scumbags screaming at him. Um, you know, if his debut was going to be in this game up in the cauldron where he would be loved and people would be cheering for him and clapping him and not abusing him and calling him all the names under the sun, it you know, probably would have been a little bit different. But I'm, I'm happy with this Queensland team they put out. Um, I can't say how you say that with a straight face. But anyways, we move on. In terms of New South Wales last week, they made the changes they needed. Payne Haas was a fucking monster from the first run. I don't throw punches, though. It do- doesn't matter. When you're that big, you just intimidate blokes. His mum can throw punches, so, you know. When you're that big and you can't throw punches, you're a cat. He took, Punch. like, two and just looked at him. They didn't register. The guy's a brick wall. You see when his shirt tore and they're like, change your shirt, and he's like, no. Why would you if you look like that? <laughs> Absolute Adonis, isn't it, was, it? it was humongous. The bench for New South Wales, though, were humongous. Your your favourite player, Isaiah Yo, was a monster. Nathan Brown came he in. He was. Are you kidding me? He came in and made what more meters than any one of your starters except Tina. Yeah, what, what did he do though? He, he didn't break any tackles. He didn't score a try. Batted you, and he was involved in a try, and he made a try-saving tackle. 
in that if he wasn't there, they would have scored. No, you lose. It's time. At the end of the year, I want to hear you hail Isaiah Yo. That's the only reason I'm here tonight. I'll never do that. You will not find a more ordinary footballer that, that he's got a rep jumper he doesn't deserve. No, he doesn't. Nathan Brown, fantastic. First thing he did was come in and almost kill Buddy Jake Friend. Yeah, Nathan Brown, <laughs> fucking, if, if Cronulla ever had some money that needed to throw it a lock, throw it at him. <laughs> Throw everything at him and then get out of the way because he just rampage at you. <laughs> what? Like I don't know what it is, but I, you know, to me, Jake Friend. I know he looks like a thug, but he's he's actually a really <laughs> decent dude. But all the big dudes in the NRL just love running over him. They, they did. love hurting. <laughs> they did. That first hit up was fantastic. I was off. I was off the couch. Oh, I love that. I just I just thought that they got the bench right this week. Uh, Whiten was still copped a bath from um, Gagai in the first few minutes. I just Nathan Cleary was much much better. Cody Walker played much better than Kiri did. Damien Cook was humongous. Angus Crichton is an eighty-minute footballer anywhere in the world, and I would sell my left test could to get him at Cronulla. They they just got it right, and Queensland couldn't match him. They scored early and just couldn't match him. That was how game one should have gone, but it didn't. Um, so it sets up the decider tonight as you listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Look, I um, as 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 I said, I, I was not confident that Queensland were going to win this series. I was confident they were going to jag a game. I thought game three would be the game they've jagged um, because Queensland would be uh, hopefully. Uh, sorry, hopefully New South Wales would have been as hungover as Cam Munster in game one. But um, Queensland have jagged game one and pissed New South Wales off. And I think this is going to be another 13-plus win for New South Wales. I can't see it going any other way other than the um, Queensland have opened the stadium up. So it could be a full full house. And the, the talk is about 3,000 New South Wales fans up there who bought tickets. So it's going to be even more one-sided. Look, it, ha- it has to go that way. Otherwise, Bennett's going to get a night ship. And I think all the players should get lifelong citizenship in Queensland for overcoming... Bigger odds than that famous Fatty Vaughton one because this is a better New South Wales side than that one by quite a considerable margin. Um, I'm excited for the game. I don't care anywhere near as much as I did for any of the Sharks games this year. doesn't feel like origin, but a win's a win, and I will take it if it's offered. Yeah, look, just due to your sporting teams, there's not much for you to cheer about these days, so I kind of hope New South Wales win for you. Oh, that's very nice, mate. Thank you. Except, you know, the Lakers are premiers. It's, it's all good. Oh, yeah, it was easy for you to jump on a bandwagon this year, wasn't oh, it? Oh, mate, you've, I was tweeting Lake Show back when Twitter wasn't even cool. I got you, I got you. <laughs> Just like your Sharks membership, there's no proof that you ever did that. Hey, excuse me, I'll, I'll tweet that tonight, actually. We'll, we'll have fun. Um, <laughs> that was good. Hey, mate, you know how we're signing players and players want to play for us? Yeah. No one wants to play for the Tigers, and I find that humorous. God, yeah, the, the even better part, there's two, there's two parts to this story that are really, really funny because when the when the when players came out and bagged Michael Maguire, Josh Alloway came out and said, leave Madge alone. Um, I believe like, for the oh, Tigers. It's, it's, it's almost like he gave the Ivan Cleary speech, I'm committed, I'm on the bus. Today he's come out and said, I'll never ever wear that Tigers jersey again. And good on him because it's an ugly jersey and it's a shit club. <laughs> but the, the second part that I know me and you took the absolute mickey out of today was at the end of 2019 when Ronaldo Malatalo ran all over the Tigers 
he called Mulatalo classless, and that has come back to bite him today. It's fantastic. I love it. If it was anybody but the Tigers, I'd be really pissed off. And I do feel a bit bad for the Tigers because for a player to come out and say that, it's pretty low. But I don't blame him. I wouldn't play for the Tigers either. The no, fact... but it's, you know, the, the, one, the one thing for mine here is that people sort of always blame player managers when, when a player wants to leave mid-contract. But we don't know what goes behind the scene. I know, I know player managers have a bad name on it, but they are a necessary evil in the game, right? Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't blame the player agent for this. I think there's a, a number of factors that have gone on behind the scenes of the Tigers. There's some players that have been let go that were very popular around the club. There's no direction there. There's, you know, there's, there's a, a severe lack of leadership and there's an opening prop spot at Manly where his best mate plays. Mm-hmm. I, I, whilst I, <laughs> I do kind of feel sorry for the Tigers, it has given me a lot of ammunition. Yeah, look, it's been fun. And look, the same bloke that manages Alloway also manages Adam Fanilla Blake. So to move him to a humongous deal at the um, the Warriors has made him very rich. Alloway getting almost double what he's on at the moment at Manly just lines his pocket. So I'm a bit more against player managers than you. I find it funny that the Tigers have been used again. And this is a bloke who said last year that he re-signed and that he bleeds for the club. And as you said, he, he got behind Madge and, and laughed at anybody who suggested otherwise. And now he said, I will never wear the jersey again. It's not, hey, I'm looking to move or, hey, look, let's get this happening. There's a good chance for my family. It's a fuck you, I'll never wear your jersey again. That suggests to me that something very awful has happened behind the scenes. Yeah, look, it- before we go on to the play manager thing there, I see again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I think it's smart by the play manager to know that potentially two of his, pro, two of his, you know, uh, his, his signings, if you want to call them, or two of his clients, whatever, both wanted to move, and he sent Fanua Blake to the Warriors, and Manly got nothing in compensation. And Manly are as shit as they've been off the field. They're brilliant. As shit as they've been on the field, they're brilliant operators off of it in terms of if someone leaves, they always get something back. But this was a deal where Manly gave away their best player and got nothing in return. You knew something was up. Now, whether you know whether the managers turned around and said, "We'll go and kick up a shit at, at the Tigers, and you know we'll get you more money." I, from his comments today, and similar to, to Ryan Madison, and you've turned, you know, you've heard that Madison didn't get along with Madge. Something's happened in the background between the Tigers and Josh Alloway. For him to just come out of nowhere and say, "I'll never play for this club again," yeah, absolutely. I think the Tigers have to put their foot down. As I wrote on Zero Tackle earlier, they got to put their foot down, sit him in reserve grade, unless something comes up. Unless Manly say he, he's Ruben Garrick or something, they chuck him on the wing. I don't know what they do, to be honest. But, um, yeah, things aren't... Because they let Sam McIntyre go to the Titans yesterday, too, when he was quite a uh, good young forward. And Luke Garner's going to Manly. It's just... That's three young players they're building around. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like you said, I don't care. And it, it's given us plenty of ammunition. If the Tigers fold tomorrow, I won't cry too many tears. But, um... Whoa, I don't know what's going on in Tigertown. I said earlier that they're clearing the um, the books for Matt Moylan, and I stand by that. Fingers crossed. That'd be pretty um, good. That would be pretty good. Um, 
or, or, or you know, homecoming for Andrew Fafita, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, look, the the more players that the Tigers let go, there's not a lot of talent for them to replace it with. It smells very wooden spoony next year for the Tigers. Really does wooden spoony. I like that. Yeah, it certainly uh, does. I mean. There's no Benji. There's going to be no grunt in their forward pack. They've got a winger who can't defend, but, you know, tweets emojis after one origin loss. Um, they lost Harry Grant. All, yeah, there's fuck all there to celebrate, isn't there? That's it. They got, a, um, they got Scotty, who can play football. Apart from that, I can't really... I mean, positive. Scotty at fullback is the slowest fullback in the league. Scotty at centre is the slowest centre in the league. Scotty at 5'8", which is where they want him to go. Um... But the, the other, you know, there's, there's a story online um, on League Unlimited, I'll, I'll send you a link to it, that the West Tigers rang Corey Allen personally for a meeting and Corey Allen just turned around and said, no, nah, I'm not interested, bro, and hung up. <laughs> That's fantastic. So what I wanted to hear, mate. <laughs> That's, there's not much happening at that club. They need to find a Greg Inglis before it becomes Greg Inglis. It needs to be built on the fact of three... Freakish young players. Tommy Talao's quite a good player, but I don't think he's going to be in the Greg Inglis mold. No, they, they've, they've signed two kids from the Dogs who are the, there's really, really strong wraps on them. One's 18 and one's 20. And the, the 20-year-old's twin brother already plays at the Tigers as well. But again, like I agree with you. They've got to try and find these young kids and build from within and kind of mirror what Penrith have done. But it's just going to be four or five years of pain for them. It's going to be a long graph. They don't have the junior nursery that Penrith have, and I don't think they have the coach either because I rated Maguire hugely before he went to the Tigers. It's a career killer, that club. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the, the writing was on the wall for Maguire at the end of South that his methods just weren't working anymore, and he's gone to the Tigers, and he hasn't changed. And you can just, you can just tell. He got there... They finished ninth. They didn't do much in the player market. No one wants to go there. The other thing as well is like when when you're talking when you're talking about a merger like St George Illawarra, they're, they're two. You know, Illawarra is a lovely area. Cogra is not so bad, but it's it's you know two clubs with with pretty decent history and a, and a good reputation. The Tigers, man, you either go and live in Balmain, which is overpriced for, you know, a fibro house, or you go and live in Campbelltown and Housing Commission. It's a shithole. They haven't won a premiership between them since, like, 1930s. I think fucking they didn't... They, they, since the war, they haven't won a premiership or something ridiculous like that. Like, you know, fire up your VCRs to live through your archives for that club. How would want to go and play there either. No, and I think most NRL players agree. Feel exactly like us, Daniel. It's that time of the night. The announcement. I know it's been on your face all night. All I'm night. gonna throw more over to you, man, because this is big, and I don't even know how big it is at the moment. Well, Terry, as of the first week in December, give or take a couple of weeks, you and I will be be crossing over into multi-platform superstardom because Punctured Media. Now, it's going to sound um, familiar to some. Punctured Tattoos and Piercing is the biggest piercing um, studio in Australia. Uh, they've got massive, massive places just everywhere. They're Melbourne-based. They've come on board, and you and I will be starring in our weekly rugby league-themed TV show on 
on Punched Media, um, NRL Rebels. Uh, you would have heard Rock and Roll Rebel by the great Angry Anderson, Rose Tattoo, play us in tonight. That'll be our theme song, mate. We have a specially commissioned theme song, licensed to use as we wish. We've got some shirts, some polo shirts, which will um, be funny to about four people listening to this. Uh, Zero Tackle have come on board, mate, and they're going to um, they're going to help sponsor us, and they're going to get the word out there, and they're going to get our beautiful faces out there. Now, the thinking behind this is that, well, Puncture Media, first of all, have the platform, Zero Tackle have the people, and you and I have the skills, and then the looks, but mainly the skills. So I'm hoping to put those three things together, mate, and we're going to offer an alternative, an independent, non-agended, apart from the things that we find funny, I fuck you, Chad Townsend. And the Tigers. And the Tigers, well done. Um, alternative to the NRL channels, because I'm sick of hearing people complain about how biased Fox Sports is and how rubbish NRL.com is. How bad Channel 9 is, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's your opportunity to support two, two of the little guys as they, you know, battle the big stars. Now, we've got some humongous things that I won't, I won't go just yet because I'm still waiting for official signatures. But we've got some fucking big things in the making, mate. It's going to be exciting and you and I are going to be everywhere. Well, as I said, for something that started off, you and I saw a gap in the market for a little bit of a piss take between Podcast Wars. Could go anywhere. Could go anywhere, I'm not for this. When you, t- when you told me about it, I think I'd consumed about 90 schooners. Yeah. I was feeling really... And you just kept writing to me. I was like, I love you, man. Yeah. I love you. I don't even, I don't, I've never heard of this person. I've never heard of that. But yeah. I woke up the next morning, vomited on myself, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I've got to ring Dan. Yes, it, mate. It was, it was a good chat we had, too. Look, I'm really, really excited. My, my dad, who is the most creative person in the world, came up with the idea. My brother's going to... Can help edit. We're going to bring even Vossi on, who, um, you know, is very clever despite his ridiculous left-leaning takes on Twitter. But, um, mate, I'm really excited for this. I think it could be really fun. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing you and I on TV. Uh, people can actually finally see just how handsome you are, Daniel. That's it, mate. I'm a little bit worried that, you know, the ladies won't be able to control themselves. And some gentlemen. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, look... It'll, uh, we'll post more after this goes live tonight. We'll, we'll, tell, we'll tell our close mates and we'll, we'll get it out there. Um, we're, we're just looking for likes and views at the moment, subscribes, all this. Mate, we got, so we got some musical talent that I haven't even told you yet that are hooked up for chats. Uh, some of these names are going to blow your mind. It is The sky's the limit. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, mate, it's all because of the, the, the success of this Fins Up podcast. I love how you say the success of the Fins Up podcast. Look, let's leave it there. Let's let's dwell on this now. You and I can chat further offline about it. I'm excited for the future. Before we go, though, Dan, I have to give out a, a shout-out to someone, um, someone really, really important and special to me. I want to give a shout-out to Paul Warren for being able to stay awake for this game, Game 2. I've been able to text me the whole time through it, but apparently he slept through Game 1. So, Warney... Hopefully you take your sleep pills tomorrow night. Fuck off. That's fantastic. Well done, Paul. I'm proud of you, mate. (laughs) See you, Dan. Have a good one.